Which Houston Texans are playable this weekend without C.J. Stroud? Is there a correct, in quotes, Washington running back to deploy in Week 15? And does one AFC North breakout receiver make his way into your lineups for both the opening weekend of the Fantasy Pros Championship and the FFPC Main Event Championship round? Plus, Joseph Gilliam, a six-time winner in the FFPC Hops aboard to hash out the Dolphins running back situation. Whether Ezekiel Elliott is a must start in a tough matchup and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men than Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Thank you, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Ferreliacs tuning in tonight. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. You may or may not know me from the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, as well as the FFPC. Uh, my co-host is indeed the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, Farrell Elliott. Coming up on tonight's show, Farrell and I will figure out our lineups with or without Kenneth Walker and Romeo Dobbs this weekend. Plus, Joseph Gilliam, a six-time champ in the FFPC, drops by to talk about Chiga Conquo, Tyreek Hill, his pursuit of a pair of million-dollar grand prizes in the FFPC main event and the Fantasy Pros Championship and much more. If you want to connect with us on the X, you can do so at HSFF Hour. I'm at Eric Balkman. Check out Farrell's. Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. That's KFFSC.com. Post on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash HSFF. Or you can also email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, send them in now. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, all the tweets, all your emails, and much more in our fantasy feedback segment coming up later on in the show. Thanks to our audio engineer and my best friend, Bryce, and, of course, our producer and mutual friend, Rob. If you want to get some weekly action going in your life, hey, who wouldn't want to at this point, right? Go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com, and play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. Just choose 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Get them in by Sunday's kickoff, uh, and then just watch those points pile up throughout the season. Uh, throughout the season, throughout the weekend. It's not a season-long game. It's a weekly game. Uh, remember, only one player per team. You cannot stack in that format. It's what makes it so fun and so challenging. You can enter for $35 or $200, win up to $2,500 as well. It's mid-December also, and you know what that means. It is time for a pair of great postseason contests. The FFPC playoff challenges are here. Two great contests, the same awesome format you've been playing in for a decade plus. Again, no draft or salary cap in this one. Just choose the 12 players that you want to roll with throughout the F, uh, through the, throughout the NFL postseason, beg your pardon. You can win $500,000 if you want to enter for the $200 level. You can win $100,000 for entering for just $35 at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Again, 
We don't know the players yet because we don't know the play who the teams in the postseason are going to be. But register for your teams now so you can make sure that you are in the contest uh, for as many leagues as you want to join or as many teams as you want to join there. And you will be able to take your shot at a pair of six-figure grand prizes, including one for a half million bucks. As far as our broadcast tonight, remember to like the video, subscribe to our channel here at youtube.com slash FFPC Fantasy. Comment on tonight's video and then share it with your friends, share it with your enemies. Heck, you can share it before you even comment. We encourage that type of behavior as well. Click the notification bell on the video so you will get notified every time we go live, youtube.com slash FFPC fantasy enough about me let's bring in the man of the hour quite frankly he's the man of the decade at Jay Farrell Elliott on Instagram and the X machine the commissioner of the Kentucky fantasy football state championship kffsc.com my good friend Farrell Elliott Farrell welcome in happy Friday to you we only have one more of these shows before Christmas crazy how time flies you know, it's been a quick week too, Bucky. Man of the decade, jeez, what a you know, goodness gracious, what a what an intro, man. Thank you for that. You're very welcome, man. You well deserved. Well deserved. And we gave out some good advice last week, damn it. We I feel didn't. you know. Listen, you keep track of that better than I do, for for what it's worth. And I feel like you have opened the show like the last three or four weeks saying that, like we we we've been hitting on our picks. We we did we did we did well because it. I, I remember when we don't do well, and, and that really hurts. Uh, but the, uh, you know, I think we did well. Th- there were tough things like Keaton Mitchell. We said he would carry the ball ten times. He carried the ball ten times. He averaged six yards a carry, but it's not enough. You know, it, it, it the player was thinking about putting him in the lineup. Someone was thinking about uh, resting uh, uh, Henry mm-hmm. uh, because he thought that uh, the the Dolphins would get on top, and then Henry wouldn't have a role, and Spears would have a role. It proves both players have a role. Um, yeah, I was just I was pleased with what we gave out because there were some challenging questions and some challenging issues. You know, last week. One of the issues that I thought about watching that Packers Giants game on Monday Night Football this week was Tommy DeVito's agent, who was <laughs> shown sporting whatever it was the zoot suit, the fedora. Oh, he's a suit, and he's a well, he's he's a well, uh, he he's a well shod uh, northeasterner. Okay, good dude. So, so a couple of questions for you at the top. Number one, I know this dude used to play football. Did you ever have any run-ins with him when he was moving on from college into the the pro ranks? Because I know he played in the arena league as well. No, I did not. Nothing. Do you know him personally at all? Yes, I met him at one of the agent conventions before we started going uh, virtual after COVID. Uh, we normally, during the combine, uh, there's a gathering in Indianapolis, and I met him there. And I think he brings a, you know, he's he's outside uh, the box of some of the agents that we have in the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I like his personality, and I like his energy. I don't know him that well, but I think he's a good addition to the business. All right. So now the comparison I have to make, and John Terry is already chiming in on this. He He's wondering if you've ever had a moment like Tommy DeVito's agent got on Monday Night Football, and he wants to know who your Tommy DeVito is, Farrell, as a player mm. agent. Oh, I've had so many. John, I've had so many <laughs> Tommy DeVitos because most of my clients are unheard of. I just signed a new one this year um, who is a uh, uh, All-American from uh, – Southern Utah. His name is Isaiah Wooden, and I expect big, big things for him. Um, uh, Tyreek McAllister, yep. just, just so you'll know, 
uh, has a workout scheduled with the Raiders on Tuesday, one of uh, four NFL teams he'll be working out with. Uh, so, you know, uh, without the good work of this agent, uh, Tommy DeVito could be playing somewhere else. And, and, and when you're in the agent business, it's all, it's very flattering to represent guys that are drafted high in the draft, top 100 guys, first day guys. But the guys that you think back of and are, are really proud of are the guys that play and have rather long lasting careers that it, if you, if it hadn't been for you interceding and making the right decision or giving the right push or in, in the direction and keeping them there, they may not have had a career. So, yeah, I've had several DeVitos, but I've never had anyone's father kissing me on national, uh, <laughs> on national television. So, yeah. you know, that, that's, still, that, that's still to come. I, uh, I want to get into it. Speaking of John Terry, he is our uh, resident uh, weatherman. If we can mm. kick it out to him right now for the forecast, we would. But he does have some questions about the weather going on right now in, in the NFL as far as the opening Weekend of the championship round of both the FFPC main event and the Fantasy Pros Championship. As I look at my NFLweather.com report right now, according to this, there are there is a slight chance of thunderstorms, 23-mile-an-hour gusts for that Jets-Dolphins game. And I'm also looking at, on Sunday night, Ravens at Jaguars, slight chance of rain showers, kind of whatever there, 21-mile-an-hour gusts. Any concern with the weather, uh, Farrell, based on what I just said with the Jets and Dolphins and Ravens and Jaguars, or is this something that you're looking at, but it's not something that's really factoring your start-and-sit decisions? Uh, good friend Trevor Holt, uh, friend of the show, friend of the leagues. Trevor uh, goes and actually looks at the at the feed from the game. You know, we heard all week there's going to be terrible weather in Baltimore, and it looked like just a normal day in Baltimore. You know, and, and so the weatherman is giving a uh, weather report for the area. It is not confined to that 100-yard uh, length field. And, you know, I think we, we over uh, – I think we – you just got a message. I think um, I think we overplay the importance of weather in these issues. And, you know, for fantasy football, when it's bad weather, when it's slippery, when it's snow, when it's wet, we all think, well, that's going to hurt the offense. Well, the offense knows where it's going. The defenders don't. They're the first guys to slip. So, you know, I'm not that worried about the weather. Uh, I'm I'm more worried about potentially a cat escaping my house from when I left uh, uh, oh. home tonight. I'm communicating with my wife there. I'm sure everybody cares about that. Let's get into thing, yeah. that people do care about. Thank you, Farrell. The uh, Texans uh, beat writer Aaron Wilson has reported that C.J. Stroud will not play in week 15 against the Titans tonight. Stroud has not practiced all week. He's been ruled out. Uh, Davis Mills, who has started just over two dozen games in his NFL career, will start again this week. Mills is 5-19-1 in his career as a starter, but quite frankly, given the level of quarterback play in the NFL, he's actually been one of the better backups out there. 5,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, 25 picks, while uh, completing just over 60% of his passes. He's not going to have Tank Dell, who's obviously out for the season. Nico Collins also uh, been ruled out with a calf injury. So you look at the Texans situation here with Davis Mills. Is there anything here with Robert Woods? Is there anything with Noah Brown? You look at the tight ends here as well, Brevin Jordan, Dalton Schultz. Farrell, what are you doing with your Texans this week against the Titans? Mm, the ones that are healthy, I'm going to play. And I'd like to see a situation where both those tight ends get on the field at the same time. When they signed Schultz, I thought that's what they might do. We haven't seen it. Um Ward uh, or Noah um, uh, Brown, I'm I'm very intrigued with, and I, and I always there were two players on the Dallas Cowboys that could not get on the field as receivers: Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown. They were great special team contributors, and they moved on. Uh, Wilson's down at 
Miami and Brown, of course, has had two uh, very profitable gains for fantasy players there this year. I like both those players. A Singletary, um, Singletary is is a, a pass catching force which helps his floor, which gives him the possibility as a flex play, even with no teams on by. And quite frankly, Balky, uh, the record is not good for uh, Davis Mills, but I think Davis Mills. Um, C.J. Stroud was obviously the player to add, but I think Davis Mills could help a lot of teams. And when he gets to free agency, I think he will be pursued and he'll quarterback for another team. Your numbers that you, outside of his one loss record, he's had some pretty good numbers in this league. He does. And and I think that's going to be a compelling game to watch too with the Texans and mm-hmm. Titans seeing how that uh, ends up, especially when you consider uh, the Titans have uh, a situation yeah. going on with, uh, with their uh, quarterback, Coming back from behind on Monday Night Football, uh, Will Levis. God, what a gutty effort with him and DeAndre Hopkins. Obviously, Chiga Conquo, who we'll get into in a little bit uh, on the show tonight, too. A fantastic game to watch on Monday Night Football. Brian Robinson will not have a fantastic um, performance this week because he's out with a hamstring injury, according to Nikki Jabala. Robinson actually got hurt in Week 14 with the hamstring, did not come back to the game, never practiced all week. Antonio Gibson is starting. He should be seeing a, a lot of uh, touches, not only catching the ball, which he's been doing most of the year, but carrying the ball. You'd like to think that Chris Rodriguez is going to get in there as well. Um, Commanders, I think we talked about this earlier, six and a half point underdogs to the to the Rams in Los Angeles. I like Antonio Gibson as a flex in the FFPC. Can't make a good case for Chris Rodriguez, though, here, Farrell. Uh, Chris, Chris's future... Uh will be in 2024 and beyond. Gibson uh, in a chaser game where the Rams are favored by a touchdown, but I think they'll win this game handily. This pass defense uh, from Washington is 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 very much challenged. Um, the Rams are getting back healthy at all of their, their skill receiving positions, and now they have a workhorse running back. Uh, as as Williams has that role, he's he's eighty plus percent of all the snaps. So I I, I really like a chaser game um, uh, for the foreskins, the Commanders. Uh, the uh, uh, yeah, and and Gibson would be a big part of that. The tight end might be a big part of that too. I think um, Gibson is a guy that a lot of people still have in the championship round, both the fantasy pro championship FFPC main event, and quite frankly, the KFFSC main event, and you can roll him out there as a flex. I think that makes sense. Um, but I think there's a lot of teams that just simply don't have Gibson uh, as well. The easy part is uh, Robinson, um, you know, uh, uh, being an easy sit. Like we don't have to hem and haul over him this week no. against the Rams. So I think, if, and Gibson enters the conversation like, Oh, what do we do here? We kind of think unless you, and I know there's nobody on by and, and, you know, hopefully your teams are at full strength and you don't have to worry about playing guy like Gibson, but I do think he is flex-worthy, as you stated. Yeah, uh, DeMario, you know, Bob, go ahead. We begin, the season, uh, we begin the season focusing on Dynasty, and the Dynasty guys are still looking. And, and you know, that player's been on the – are still listening, and that player has been on the roster, uh, you know, in all Dynasty leagues at this time to play. I think we need to talk about Demario Douglas here because sure. he has cleared concussion protocol. Uh, he is uh, obviously um, the second half of the season been the favorite target of both Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. Seven targets in four straight games um, before he got hurt with the concussion. 
He usually plays at the slot, and obviously if the Patriots are going to keep up with the Chiefs, of which they are eight-and-a-half-point dogs to at home this week, Demario Douglas is going to have to factor into that situation. The Chiefs are allowing the eighth-highest rate of slot targets this year, so he should be able to get the volume that you're looking for. I, I, again, I put him a notch ahead of Antonio Gibson here as far as flex-worthy players. I think Demario Douglas is flex-worthy, and I think I can get behind him this week in Week 15 to lead off the championship round in your lineups. Um, yeah, well, you're, you're putting him over Gibson? I think I would, yes. I, I might put Gibson over him just because I look at the Patriots and they scored – Three touchdowns in two games, or is it two touchdowns in three games? They're having a real hard time scoring the ball, and that's with Ezekiel's 140-yard uh, contribution. I got it in there, Balky. We were only like 17 minutes into the show, and I got it in there. Uh, but um, either way, you've got – look, Douglas is the more exciting player, and if the quarterback can hit him, he can run without the ball. So good good job. Uh, if you got those, If you got those players rostered, you've got uh, – you know, you've got a lot of fun. You've got, you know how to pick a team. You know how to work the waiver wire. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yes. I, and, and, and you listen, anybody who's doing that, we, we both give our congratulations to you this week. Uh, let's go rapid fire. A lot of uh, questions here in the chat right now. John Terry hanging out on YouTube. Sam Howell or Tua Tungavailoa this week. Farrell, it feels dirty, but I'm going to play Sam Howell against the Rams over Tua Tungavailoa against the Jets this week. Um, who may or may not have Tyreek Hill, but even if they do, it is going to be a less than 100% Tyreek Hill. I believe you're overthinking the situation, Balky, but when you, when you, if you've used Hal before, you've scored with him. He's put up some impressive numbers. So the same mm-hmm. thing that goes for Gibson goes for him. He's in a chaser game. It's not going to be a pretty game of football, but it could be a good fantasy game. So you're, you're agreeing with me. Howell over to a tongue of Iloa, right? I'm saying it's tough to pull that trigger, but I can convince myself to do it, especially if I played Howell before during the season. Right. And he's delivered for me. Uh, JT also wants to know, he's got a FFPC flex question here. David Njoku or Adam Thielen, we gave some good advice on David Njoku last week, if I recall correctly, Farrell. And I'm going to roll with it again this week. Uh, Adam Thielen, just for whatever reason, he, he was awesome the first half of the year. He's really, really slowed down. David Njoku seems to be picking up. Joe Flacco has a connection with him. I'm going to roll with Njoku over Thielen in my FFPC flex spot if I'm John Terry. That's what I'm going to do. A big target for whoever's playing quarterback in uh, Cleveland. We're, we're at the fourth guy, and he's a pretty good veteran. He knows how to find the tight end. Um, let's see. What else do we have here uh, tonight in the chat before we get to our guest? Uh, James Hicks. Best way to spend a Friday night listening to Balky and Farrell talk fantasy football. We appreciate that. Um, my okay. cat has not yet been found, as far as I can tell. No. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll update everybody on that situation. Um, <laughs> going there. Uh, Permar99, one of our good buddies, says Noah Brown only thrives when Nico Collins and Tank Dell got all the attention. Noah Brown is hit or miss a slot guy. And, and I, I got to tell you, I think he's got a point there as far as Noah Brown goes. It's not like I'm you know, racing to to start Noah Brown this week, especially with Davis Mills. There is something to be said for it, but I think you have to exercise caution here. Uh, let's go to Malcolm Merriweather, Farrell, on Facebook. You got to pick three out of this. You're basically, you're benching two, uh, one guy, Puka Nakua, Mike Evans, Justin Jefferson, and Devontae Smith. Malcolm, congratulations on a fantastic team. That's looking real good. I'd have a tough time picking one out of, of, of those players to bench this week. But I also understand, too, that many of the viewers and many of the listeners watching or listening to this tonight 
are facing a similar situation because they're in the championship round of the fantasy pros championship, the KFFSC main event, the FFPC main event. So they might have to make similar decisions to this where, you know, they've had the majority of these guys carry them throughout the year. And now you have to figure out who you're benching in a tough spot. Uh, Mike mm-hmm. Evans at Lambeau Field against the Packers, Puka Nakua at home uh, against the Washington Commanders. Then you're looking at Justin Jefferson this week, who is playing in the one o'clock game tomorrow. PSA, get your lineups in early because we have a triple header now on uh, uh, for the NFL on Saturday. And then he's looking at Devontae Smith against Seattle. I kind of like the idea of, I mean, I don't like the idea, but given the presence of Evans, Nakua, and Jefferson, I think I'm probably benching Devontae Smith here, Farrell. Your thoughts on which one you would pick to bench? First world problems. Have you ever seen Evans have two really terrible games in a row? Nope. Probably not. Never. Um, Devontae Smith, you don't want to bench him because this is the bounce back game for Philadelphia. They've had a their their difficult run is over. Uh, I don't think that's a I, I don't think that's a good idea. Puka, uh, because of all the reasons we discussed previously of the secondary uh, this, uh, from uh, Washington. So, um, you know, you've had him on the bench all season and you've done pretty well. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to bench Jefferson. Ben Jefferson. Okay. And I can get, I can get I'm behind ben that. Jefferson with the quarterback and the injury issues. And, you know, then it's because that I haven't watched him move that much. And I, I will go mm-hmm. back to Permar who I took down to 59. I'm going to move him back up to an 89 because he's pointing out things about Noah Brown. I think he's an excellent fantasy player. Permar is, but I, I, I want to, I want to talk to him about scouting players. And Noah Brown is, is, is he's proven it this year and uh, watch the catches he's made. Go back and watch the catches he's made. He's helped out his young quarterback because he catches a lot of passes outside of the catching window. And uh, so I, I think that, you know, he, and he's been injured. The, the reason he hasn't produced like he did through his two game stretch is he is uh, he's been injured. He has been injured. Um, I have news, uh, breaking news. The cat has been found, according to my wife. Thank God. Um, so nothing so makes you feel better. Nothing makes me feel better than because if if the cat had not been found, I would have had the book out of here right o'clock, uh, right at ten o'clock central, and gotten home to per- peruse my neighborhood, shaking cat mm-hmm. treats and holding up a flashlight. Thank God we don't have to do that. Malcolm Merriweather's pumped because now we don't have to talk about the cat anymore, and we could tell him which yeah. quarterback to start this week. You know, Farrell, a lot of you see Fantasy Mojo, Darren Armani talking about this, who's in the um, Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast with Mike Shope and Adam Krautwurst this week, talked about the uh, number of teams that just carried Justin Herbert into the championship round, and now they're out of quarterback. Uh, Mm -hmm. Well, that's a bad situation, but an almost as bad situation is having to pick from one of these guys as your starter if you would have had Herbert or if you would have had another quarterback that's not playing. Will Levis, Davis Mills, Joe Flacco, Nick Mullins, Tommy DeVito, or Desmond Ritter. Which quarterback are you playing this week? I know there's a lot of them. Um, You know, DeVito's interesting uh, because of what he did this past week. I'm putting more of that on the Packers' defense than than him being able to rush for 70 yards a game. Be careful, Desmond Ritter. Well, I'm going to say this. I would trust Desmond Ritter and his legs and his nose for the end zone over Tommy DeVito this week. Joe Flacco has certainly carved out um, a nice little – niche uh for fantasy owners right now and you know you can't deny what will levis was able to do against the miami dolphins on monday night as much as i say oh this is a tough decision because all these guys stink 
there is some light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of these guys. Farrell, which one are you going with here? Uh, I'm going to go with the bookends and discuss them. I'm going to take the guys out of the middle. I'm going to say Levis. Uh, his athleticism is is fascinating, and what he did in the game in the fourth quarter with the comeback and what Miami's uh, defensive strategy perhaps allowed him to do. Um, I, I like I like Levis, but if I look at the quarterback that I've been talking about since back in July, uh, I, I've been a Ritter fan, and Ritter had the most consistent game. And where are the Atlantas? Are they at Carolina this weekend? Is that is that correct? Am I right? About yeah, the that? Atlantas are uh, playing in Carolina. They're playing in Carolina. I like the matchup uh, against that defense, and I like the elements of the players around Ritter. He and the tight end now are beginning to, to, to gel. Uh, Drake London had one of the top five performances uh, this past week. We all know about the running back and he's getting a chance to spend more time on the field and catch more passes. Uh, and, and then the second running back is running with a lot of power down in the red zone. I really like Ritter uh, and I really like the team in, uh, in Atlanta, you know, and if the old, uh, if the old train has slowed down a little bit, like we previously talked about Derrick Henry um, for Tennessee, when he carries the ball, as I've said many times before, he's still a train. I don't care how damn mm-hmm. fast he's moving. And um, that running game with those, uh, with he and Spears, uh, you know, that might protect Levis uh, in that situation. Ritter's got the better players around him and a better matchup. Let's go Ritter. Put it this way, a 180-pound corner or a 200-pound safety are not – you can put as many as them you want on the tracks. They're not going to stop a train, no matter if it's moving 5 miles an hour, 30 miles an hour, 100 miles an hour, doesn't matter. Uh, we – I have just received word that uh, we have served a second amuse-bouche and shrimp cocktail to Joseph Gilliam in the green room, who's been extremely uh-huh. patient, waiting to come on tonight. We'll get to him in a second. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this right now from, from Permar99. Permar uh, what do you know about Dylan or Jones need to know? Thanks. Yeah, everybody wants to know. I talked with uh, Justice Mosqueda, who actually used to be a contributor to football guys. He covers the Packers for AcmePackingCompany.com. I had him on my uh, uh, Northeast Wisconsin terrestrial radio show today, and we were talking about this. And he said, like, look, you know, there's no bones about it. Um, A.J. Dylan is there is a serious concern of ball security with holding the ball with a broken thumb. Now, it, we have seen clubbed up defenders before. It's Farrell, you've been around the game more than I have. You ever seen a clubbed up running back before? <laughs> no, I have no, I have not either. Never seen it. And <laughs> you know, you can you can do certain things, um, you know, carrying the ball in your other hand. Aaron Jones could be back this week. I find it really, really difficult to see AJ Dillon playing this week. Um, and uh, I, I would also say that even though Dylan himself says he is very confident he's playing on Sunday. Um, you never want to take injury advice from the player himself. No, I don't think Dylan plays. I think Jones plays Farrell. I like Aaron Jones this week. Vita Vea is doubtful. This could be a nice little game for Aaron Jones to come into and put up some decent numbers against a rush defense that can be had without Vea in there. I know Jones mm-hmm. has had like two full games all season, but this is a game I look at starting him. Well, I've been waiting for it all year. Now, how wonderful it would be. Come on, Jones, get on the field. Yes, we, we want to do that as well. We want to bring in tonight's guest uh, right now. He is a six-time 
FFPC league champion in the fantasy football players championship. He is managing numerous teams in both the fantasy pros championship and the FFPC main event championship rounds in pursuit of a pair of $1 million grand prizes. Please welcome one of the most patient guests we've ever had on the show <laughs> on the HSFF hour, Joseph Gilliam, Joseph, happy holidays to there you. Thanks is. for coming aboard. Thanks for being patient. Welcome in, man. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the finger foods back here in the green room. Uh, I didn't know you guys catered. I mean, the, the shrimp is excellent. Uh, the crab cakes are, are, I'll tell you, you went above and beyond. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, there listen, we're running this show out of Northeast Wisconsin, which is not really known. It's more known for its fried fish than its crab cakes, but we try. We try. <laughs> and and, and, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just glad. I'm just glad you're, you're digging it, Joseph. Thank you so much. To, to uh, supplement that resume, Balky, we must add that the, the, uh, is it the North the North Coast Nemesis or the North yes. Shore Nemesis? Joe? North Coast. North Coast. North Coast. North Coast Nemesis is uh, populating amongst all the KFFSC leaderboards, and uh, he, you're just having a wonderful year, Joseph. Congratulations! Thanks, Earl. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, uh, we we went uh, in person um, to Cincinnati, did the draft, and uh, that was the first time that I was in person. And I had a great time and. It was uh, was really interesting to kind of meet everybody there and kind of pick their brains a little bit and prepare for the FFPC, and um, it was great. I took the wife down, the kids. They went and did, like, uh, the zoo thing, and I hung out at the casino and, and did my draft. So. And well, they're going to really enjoy coming to Louisville next year. That's all I can tell you. Well, okay. yeah, you know, Joseph, I, I think this is something Farrell and I have, have trumpeted on these airwaves. Like, the KFFSC is great prep for Vegas or great prep for. Oh no, we've lost bulky again, Joe. <laughs> no, it, it, it's true. It, it is a great. You guys got me now. Yeah. I hear you. Oh, you're coming in. Wonderful. Joe. It's bulky who we do not. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, okay. He's back. He's oh, back. Okay. Sorry. So, so Joe, just talk a little bit about that, but like how well the KFFSC set you up for a good year in the FFPC. Yeah, absolutely. So well, the, the good thing about one of the things I really like about the KFFC is is that you can pick your draft spots. Mm -hmm. So I mean that that that's huge. I mean you can't do that with some of the online as you get later in the season. So I like going down there where I can draft from different positions. As a matter of fact, I think I got a a one. I, I did it at the top of the draft. I did it at the number twelve. I did it in the middle of the draft, and I kind of got a play for you know who's going to be a, who's going to be around. What would I do in this situation and you know, you can play that through with, with mock drafts, but it's better when you're with people and you're actually doing the draft and it means something. And so, yeah, that, that helped tremendously with the FFPC. When you are uh, not hanging out, winning all your FFPC and KFFSC leagues, Joseph, before we get back to fantasy football, can you tell the viewers what you're doing for a living? Sure, sure. I uh, own my own construction business hmm. So um, I in Cleveland here and um, – we do, you know, things like uh, drywall repair, painting. We do uh, remodels, that type of thing. And business is booming. So, uh, you know, can't complain about that. Um, in my spare time, I like to write. I've got a couple novels out there. People want to go check them out um, on Amazon. Uh, it's called Nevada Falls Black, Nevada Falls Red. Those are the first two in the series. It's a fiction series, apocalyptic series. So um, if people are interested and into that, um, they can check that out on Amazon. Um, and of course my kids, I got three kids, a wife, they keep me busy. I've got a dog, um, no cat. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no yeah. Cats. I'm not chasing yeah. after cats. I'm not chasing after cats. So. No, it, it's a pain. 
it's we a share one thing, uh, well, more than one thing, but definitely one thing that's been important in this season is um, our running back situation. And we both of us had very many shares of Raheem Mostert this year. And I, um, it, this was a no-brainer for me, and he, he was he was regularly available, if I recall right, in the eleventh round. Some of the things we got right this year is we said Mostert will be successful. I didn't see him scoring 16, 17 touchdowns, whatever it is, but how fantastic that was and and has been and continues. Uh, one of the other aspects that we hit on on the show, we said Kamara is the the um, the, the league office. Uh, is going to go somewhat easy on him. It's overblown about the suspension that he may get, and that was. And, you know, those guys were huge bargains. But most are, to me, being a top five back and all those touchdowns, that that was a bargain. Was it? Is it the player that motivated you to put him on your roster, or is it the draft position? Did you fall in love with the value you got for him, or were you already in love with the player? Because let me tell you, if he had a six-round average draft, position i would be drafting him in the sixth round mm. Mm. no that's a great question farrell um actually it's a little bit of both so number one i love raheem Mostert. i loved him before um this year i thought he was a great player the only thing with i i think everybody knows the thing with raheem Mostert is is he going to stay healthy that's the big thing um i drafted him in the year where he, he was like lights out for san francisco Mm-hmm. And the first the first game of the season, he was running all over the place. I think he had like 150 yards, and then he he pulled a hamstring or something, and he was out for the rest of the year. Um, and uh, you know he was trying to come back in, but it never really happened. That that's my only fear with him. the The thing that put me over the top with Mostert was that Mike McDaniel's loves speed, and he loves mm-hmm. Mostert. And mm-hmm. if Mostert is healthy, he was going to run Mostert. I was sure of that. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of okay, well, can I get this guy, I'm not spending a high draft pick on him. If he's falling past the sixth, seventh, eighth round, yeah, I'm going to grab him. Every single time he's there, I'm going to grab him. And I I, I even saw uh, A-Chain getting drafted before him, which I understand A-Chain's a rookie. He, he showed good in the preseason. I liked A-Chain a lot. But Mostert was going after A-Chain, and, which I thought was crazy because even if A-Chain is going to play, he's going to play maybe week six, week seven, and so you got a starting running back that's going. Uh, for instance, in the fantasy pros, I'm looking at a, at a um, draft board right now. Fantasy pros, he went in the 14th. <laughs> I drafted him in the 14th round, Raheem Mostert. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, as you start getting to the the FFPC, you get into the uh, KFFC, um, you know, uh, on the site type of thing where you're actually going to the drafts live. That he's going to move up, but the value was tremendous, and and I love the player. So it was just kind mm-hmm. of like every chance I got. I'm pressing the button on Mostert. Can't wait to draft him in 2024. There you go. <laughs> um, so Ezekiel Elliott, speaking of aging running backs, is another guy that really showed out last week against Pittsburgh in a tough matchup, Joseph. And he gets another tough matchup in the Kansas City Chiefs this week. Um, I, I look at him and anybody who's been lucky enough to carry him over to the FFPC, the KFFSC championship round. I mean, you, based on what he did last week, matchup or not, this guy is a must start, right? Oh, absolutely. I started him last week. There's a lot of people, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but there was there were a few teams that had him that I noticed benched him. They didn't start mm-hmm. him. Um, and you know, I was I was sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, okay, well, New England's not a, they're not a high scoring team. I mean, is is Zeke spent? You know, is is he done? Is he washed up? 
maybe it's just, you know, wasted, a waste of play. Because I had other guys that I could put in last week. I had uh, I had Mostert on that team. I had Saquon Barkley on that team. I had Brian Robinson on that team. And so I had options at running back. But, I, you know, I, I just went with my gut and put Zeke in there, um, and it worked out. And I'm, and I'm planning on starting him again this week, too. Well, the guys, the, the his role in the pass game, with what the passing game has become in New England, mm-hmm. um, just protects the floor so much, and um, and he's good around the, uh, you know, he's he's good in the red zone, even though he's playing a team with difficult red zone uh, rushing defense. But yeah, I, I like him catching passes. Another guy that I really like catching passes with the elevation of Will Levis at quarterback in Tennessee. Is a tight end at Conquo. I had him early. I, I think I had to deal him just because of what was happening with this with this player's reality on the field. You know, nothing was working. Now it is. I, I really like uh I really like Levis. Permar jumped back in here with our five quarterback question, or maybe it was six quarterbacks, and he said, you know, that, that he would start Levis against cover two. Uh, defenses and yeah, you know, thinking about this tight end being open over the middle, thinking about the way Levis gets in the face of Hopkins, you don't see that very often. You know, Hopkins was giving him a hard time on the sidelines, he gave it right back, and then they went out and, and uh, during the drive and uh, connected on three passes. So, I like where this player's going. Your thoughts on the tight end are we are we getting the player that we thought we were getting when we fell in love with the athlete? there at the tight end position in Tennessee? Yeah, uh, again, good question. I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. I'm not big on Chiggy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a he's a, a great athletic uh, tight mm-hmm. end, um, but the under-over on that game is like 36 and a half. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be a lot of points scored. Um, the last three weeks, Chiggy had 10, 10, and 12, which is mm-hmm. respectable. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. He didn't have any touchdowns in that span. But, um, you know, he averaged double digits for the last three weeks. If that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for a guy that's going to give you double digits and not go haywire, then – and if you don't have any better options, yeah, put him in. But, like, for instance, he I can compare him to, like, a Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft rookie, um, the last three weeks he had 10, 8, and 12. Yeah. So, um, and, and now Tucker Craft is playing in Cleveland this week. Mm-hmm. Who just, like, gave up the farm to Evan Ingram in Jacksonville. So if, I mean, they say that I mean, if you look at the statistics, it says that um, Cleveland's good against the tight end. Right. But yeah, not last week. And I don't, well, think, they were, it, I don't think they were going to be good against um, Tucker this week either. We, and you know, we're many of us who waited on tight end have struggled. And yeah, I mean, you know, this was one of my wait on tight end, pick the player bulky. I don't know about you, but it, it you know, I looked over one of my teams that's been successful. I had Higby at the tight end, and I always play him at the wrong time and and never particularly at the right time. If you take these tight ends, Kelsey, you know, and and Kelsey's been great catching balls, but he's found the end zone one time in the last six games. Uh, uh, Hawkinson and Laporta. Ingram has been the guy for our FFPC. He's now finally found the end zone. 84 catches this year. Kittle, who gets the Cardinals this week, they were so successful against the Cardinals. You remember Purdy in that game, 21, uh, 20 out of 21 for 300 yards and a touchdown. They ran all over him with McCaffrey. Uh, Kittle had one catch 
last time they played Arizona. It's it's difficult to get these consistent points uh, out of the tight ends. You know, it, it probably the you look at these guys and and you say this young talent at tight end. I think we I think we were right about uh, the Raiders it, at least with with Meyer. He's he's now turning it on. I think we're definitely right about Trey McBride. Once Ertz yeah. left the building, McBride has stepped up. Uh, I wrote a number down, uh, 40, 41 catches since Ertz, you know, and, and that's, and, and you would think that uh, he's going to continue that. So I'm, I'm kind of just looking forward is he, he certainly hasn't delivered it yet, but I'm, I'm kind of looking for that next guy that can, can step up and deliver because I'm wondering, I'm wondering when I'm going to hit on Higby. And so, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, that's my, that's my deal. There is a term in journalism, gentlemen, which you're probably aware of. I, I, you know, this is pretty pervasive in, in American culture right now. It's called burying the lead. And if there is one thing we did tonight, it's bury the lead. And that is with Tyreek Hill. Mm. Joseph, the Dolphins have officially listed Hill as questionable for the Jets. He did not practice this week. Um, he was a baller to come back from that ankle uh, to, to do as well as he did for the remainder of the game. But we know that these things have a tendency of getting worse as time goes on after the adrenaline wears off. It is a one o'clock game. We will not know what's going on with Tyreek Hill until 1130. Some people have already made their decisions known because of the Chargers Raiders game last night. And we have three games tomorrow that will feature six teams featuring wide receivers that you may want to consider over Tyreek Hill. Joseph, I know you have Tyreek Hill in a lot of your leagues. I'm kind of curious to how you're handling him. What do you think is going to happen? And if he's active, what kind of production are you expecting against a pretty tough defense in the New York Jets? Yeah, good question. Um, it, it's, it's a, it's a tough matchup. Um, I, I try not to overthink these things because, uh, I mean, he's the number one wide receiver in fantasy football. If, if the way I look at it is if he's, if he's going to be healthy, if he's going to be active, I'm starting him. I, I, I'll take that risk because there are like, there's a team in FFPC where I have the Miami stack. I purposely got the Miami stack uh, in the main event where I got um, Tyreek. I drafted third overall. And then I have uh, I, I got Tua in the like the 12th or 13th round, and I think I might have Mostert on that team. I'm not sure, but um, I purposely got that stack. So when uh, when um, in week 14, what happened um, with Tyreek and 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 that game, it kind of it kind of got me in that championship game. Still made the the, the postseason uh, this, this playoff run, but that that got me. So I can see why people are a little bit hesitant, um, but. I'm, I'm the type of guy when you, when you get into the big dance, you you run with your big boys. And um, and, and if if I'm going to win the whole thing, then I think I got to do it with Tyreek. So I'm I'm starting him if he's if he's active, I'm going to start him. Okay, Farrell, how do you how do you feel about Tyreek Hill and his bum ankle? Well, I don't have him anywhere, and if I did, he would have been my guy. You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just see what happens. Uh, what's game time, Balky? One o'clock Sunday yeah. on Sunday. Uh, and you know we got three games on Saturday. You know, mm-hmm. so, so I'm there's there's challenges there about you know everything else remaining the same of having players available. I, I'm just gonna that's they're not gonna bury the lead uh, on the pregame shows on Sunday uh, like we did tonight. So uh, there'll be enough information, and and I'll hope to glean something from that. Um, 
I'm just for, for, for what it's worth. I mean, as far as the, the questionable guys on Saturday versus Hill, I'm pretty much playing Hill over all of them. I'm playing Hill over Addison, over Higgins. I'm playing him over Pickens, Deontay Johnson. I'm playing him over um, Josh Downs. I'm playing him over Sutton. Uh, all those guys right there. Yeah. I, I think hopefully it doesn't come down to it, but you shouldn't have to make a call between Tyreek Hill and Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyreek Hill and Michael Pittman, Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson, guys like that. Um, it's a tricky situation. Go with God is the best advice we can give you. But I'm kind of <laughs> with Joseph uh, with you on this one, man. Like he 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 is a stud. He's yeah. got you here, and if he's active, man, you just you got to trust Mike McDaniel and that Dolphins offense that they're going to find ways to make him effective enough to make him a fantasy start. In the he, he's round. the stud that got you here. Jefferson is the stud that you got here without playing. So there, there is there is my my difference in that. I you know we got here without playing Darren Waller too. Let's go back. Uh, let's go back to my Higby problems. If you kept this player on your <laughs> roster, if you look at if you look at Joshua Palmer. What he did last night. Well, and, but but I will say, for what it's worth, he had what four for what I, I have it here four for 113, and one of them was a 79 yard touchdown on busted coverage. Which, yeah. as Farrell will tell you, bulky it still counts. And yes, it did count. <laughs> but if you take it away, that's three for 34 in his first game back off IR. Well, um, three for three for 34 with what that offense went through was a big accomplishment, Bucky. And then, then the touchdown, yeah, but I, I'm with you. But Palmer moved well, and he caught well over the middle, and he made big plays. Uh, I wonder if we'll get the same thing with Waller. Uh, I don't know. How do you handle players coming off IR, Joe? How do you – you want to see it first? I guess that's what I'm asking. Well, I'm, I'm a little more uh, – I, I have a little more uh, bit of a gambler's attitude. I, I'm not as conservative as some fantasy football players. So, if there's a guy I like, even if he's coming off injury, I'll put him in there. Like, for instance, I like I like Palmer. The only thing that, that I was worried about is his quarterback. And, um, you know, and, and Palmer's good. I had him um, – I think I ended up dropping him later on after uh, mm-hmm. after the quarterback got hurt. So, yeah, I mean, he, he surprised me. I mean, he got a touchdown. He looked pretty good. Um, I don't know if he's going to repeat that performance next week. But um, as far as Waller goes, Waller is my biggest regret of 2023. Um, I, I am so overweight in Waller. everywhere. I, I was sold on Waller before the drafts. And everywhere that Waller was available, I was one of those guys that was just – just smashing the, the button every single time that Waller came around. Um, and, uh, you know, I got burnt on it. Um, so Waller, like, I would, even if he's healthy, I'm not, I'm not starting Waller. I've got him on the IR in a couple leagues, in some dynasty leagues. I'm not going to start him. I just, I, I, I he's like um, radioactive to me. I don't want anything to do with, with Waller anymore. He's, he's, he's one of those players that I, I think if, and I think we talked about this last week, Farrell, I could be wrong on this. Um, he's one of those players, if it was like week 17 um, and you are way down in the mm-hmm. championship round and you need to make a splash mm-hmm. and he's coming off IR then, yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, let, let, let's throw caution to the wind. But starting the championship round for a dude who's not only coming off IR, but he's coming back to an offense that has a quarterback that hasn't really been thrown to him all season. And now all of a sudden we got to figure out what, what Tommy DeVito is going to do with, with Darren Waller. I mean, that's that's a mess you don't want on your hands. Maybe if he comes through this week, you can look at him in week 16. I am hands off with you guys here for week 15 on Darren Waller. Sunday night game is Jacksonville and Baltimore, Joseph. It, uh, it should be a good one. 
Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence, you know, I didn't think he was playing last week. He did play not very well, but he'll be back this week against Baltimore. I know you have a couple of Baltimore receivers on numerous teams in the FFPC. Who's the better start this week? Zay Flowers, the uh, the up-and-coming rookie receiver, or Odell Beckham, a guy who many people left for dead in the middle part of the season, and now he's actually been coming on the last couple of weeks. You can only start one on Sunday night. Who's it going to be? Well, it's interesting that you asked me that because I've got both of them on my team, on the same team. Mm. Um, I, 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 like to, uh, I like to draft stacks. Sometimes I overdraft stacks. Yeah, I mean, most of the times it's just a quarterback and a and wide receiver, but sometimes I go crazy with getting two wide receivers on the same team with a quarterback or a running back and a wide receiver. And so in this in this case, I've got Lamar and I've got ODB and I've got Zay, Zay Flowers. So um, the short answer to your question is if I had to pick one, I'm picking Zay. And the reason being is because Zay outscored um, Odell by a point last week, even though it was Odell's biggest game of the year. So o- Odell hadn't really done anything. Now, I know he's been injured. He's been in and out of the lineups and whatnot, but um, he hasn't done much of anything this year. I think he's, that's kind of like his peak week. That's that's my opinion. I think he had a peak week. Um, I think if he has any type of contact, if Odell has – Odell played in Cleveland, so I've seen him live. I've seen what, what he's all about. I've actually met him before um, at one of the Browns games, but – it, it, the thing about Odell is if he gets touched, if, if if defensive backs press him and push him and manhandle him, he's done. He doesn't like to be touched. He likes to he – can, he can operate in open space. If he gets in open space and he can get by somebody, he's gone. Then he's dancing. He's doing his thing. But if somebody touches him or knocks him down hard, you know, he sometimes he pulls himself out of the game. Um, I, I don't – I just don't trust that, especially in, in, in the big dance. So I'm going with Zay Flowers. I, I drafted a lot of uh, Lamar Zay Flower combo teams. I like Zay Flowers. He's been great as a rookie. So yeah, I'd go with Zay Flowers. There has been very, very few low moments. Uh, there was, there's been some, you know, his floor seems to be four catches. Uh, one of these days, I expect him to take one of those uh, wide receiver screens and take it to the house. I've said it before on the show. He's the player coming out of college that most most remind me that uh, could be the next Tyreek Hill. And when he started the season with a 17-point performance, I didn't think they would all be like that. And uh, now we seem to be getting back to that. I think there is you're, – you're, you're right there, Nemesis. Uh, I think there is the player that could be looking for his first 30-point game and send you to the top of the board in the championship rounds. And we'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. Um, Kern is, uh, pointing out, uh, Hudson Kern Reeve, our resident Ivy league professor, uh, fantasy pros has him 24th this week. Not a bad choice, uh, for Zay flowers for sure. Um, uh, Dom Gazzetti and, and by the, and I'll, I'll point out Permar 99. He says Odell Beckham's a part-time player at this point. This isn't even a choice. He likes flowers. Uh, and Dom Gazzetti, he's not on field full-time OBJ, but when he is 30% targets per route. So there is something to be said for that, uh, as well. Uh, John Terry wants to know, Joseph. North Coast Nemesis, is that the north coast of Ohio? Yes, yes. So the, the name actually originated back in 2002. Uh, me and my father were thinking about a name. We were thinking about getting into the Wyckoff. Mm-hmm. And um, we were thinking around. And, and there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of businesses around here that are called North Coast Hardware, North Coast this, North Coast that. So I figured why not just bring the North Coast name into uh, fantasy football? So we did that, and we we started that out, and it's been like that for the last 21 years. Ooh, I like that. I like that. You know, um, uh, 
I really like our, our friend from Brooklyn here. What now you, you talk about North Coast Nemesis. Brocky, what is that name? Brooklyn, what is it? Oh, in the in the you're talking about in, in the, the chat? chat? Yeah, that's a good name too. You're you're looking at uh Brooklyn all day, Brooklyn all night. Yeah, Brooklyn all day, <laughs> Brooklyn all night. And and we don't want him to think of it because let me tell you, most most of the players ideas are better than ours. We don't want him to think we were definitely laughing at Browning. We just believe in Stroud so mm -hmm. much. Yeah. That's what that's what we do. It, it so if we if we if we make a choice sometimes it's between two very, very similar and even choices. But Browning, you know, there was there was a commentary by one of the one of the guests last week, uh not a guest, but you know one of the contributors last week on the message board. And they said it's been one game. Well, in today's NFL, at the quarterback position, if a quarterback has a 300-yard one game, you know, I'm in. I'm I'm buying. I don't need to see it again. And and these these quarterbacks that have all these tools around them that come off the bench, you know, you look at you look at what that quarterback Easton Stick was dealing with last night with the players that he had with the Chargers, and you compare that to Browning and what he, what he's dealing with. So it's. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to separate. But you know, I've got I've got Browning loaded up. Fortunately, I don't know if you guys had him, but uh, I had O'Connell in a few lineups last night, uh, and and uh, my, some of my dynasty teams where Herbert went down. So you know, it, it's uh, it's it's it, we don't always get this chance to have so many rookie quarterbacks or so many backup quarterbacks playing, and it's been very very intriguing this year. Uh, Nemesis, if if you have these quarterbacks, and maybe they will be amongst your toughest lineup decisions, but shoot a couple at us because it seems like on all your rosters, you've got very good players, They're very good choices. And, you know, that's what the winning teams do. It, uh, it doesn't matter if you make the, the exact right choice 100% of the time because – you know, you, you might leave a guy that scores 20 on the bench, but the guy you started scored 18. So, you know, you're in good right. shape. Yeah, no, uh, I, actually, I do have a, a very tough choice, and I still don't know what I'm going to do, um, you know, the day before. Um, so maybe you guys can help me out. I don't know. Um, the, the, the one I'm looking at is for KFFC. Um, it's 29th overall team that was number one at one point early in the season. Mm -hmm. um, and I've got two quarterbacks I can pick. I can pick Geno Smith who well, didn't play last week, but then had a 35-point week previous mm -hmm. to that against Philly, who gives up the most points to a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So do you trust Geno coming off an injury, or do you play uh, Fields against the Browns? Um, mm. and, and, and Fields is coming off a 26-point game, and the Browns have a lot of injuries in that secondary. Um, I just think that Fields is probably going to hook up with uh, DJ Moore a couple times. So so that that's a decision I really haven't made uh, made up my mind on. Maybe you guys can shed some light. Give me give me your opinion on that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll go first. I'll tell you this: that um, let's just say it wasn't Fields. Let's let's say it was somebody like um, let's say it was somebody like Trevor Lawrence or Goff or or Browning. You know, quite frankly, we'll throw him in in the mix. Geno Smith, I think, is going to go, but that's a Monday night game, and. Ooh. Uh, it surprised me last week a little bit um, when when he was ruled out when he did. And that gives me a little bit of cold feet and wanting to start Geno Smith, which should be a very good matchup. He's got the receivers. He can take advantage of it. We do know he's a little bit dinged up. We do know running is not part of his game. Um, on the flip side with fields, running is part of his game. 
we do know he's as healthy as you can be in week 15 of the, of the NFL season. And I know it's a tough matchup at the Browns. I would feel much more fuzzy and warm about starting Justin Fields at this point rather than biting my nails all day Monday, hopefully waiting on a positive report from Geno Smith that he's going to be playing on Monday night. Farrell, for me, it's Fields over Smith. It is for me too, Balky. And it, people think, well, Farrell, why are you talking about the draft? The draft was months ago. Well, it, it is. But, you know, when Joe, when you drafted Fields, you were excited about Fields because you had to draft him. You had to be excited because you had to draft him early enough to get him. Uh, Philadelphia defense is an issue. But when you when you picked Smith, you, you you weren't excited about it. You were just adding him as a possible fill-in. Uh, it's a perfect game if it was in Smith's home and he was healthy. If it was in Seattle and he was healthy, you wouldn't even be thinking about this. But no, let's let's uh, let's go ahead and stay with Fields. And all these questions about the weather, bad right. weather game, Fields can still score points. That's true. That is very, very true. Uh, let's get to a couple of emails here, uh, Joseph, uh, for you. First one is Terry in Norristown, Pennsylvania. He will back up and ask this question. How do you feel about Parker Washington facing the Ravens this week? Thanks, dude. That is Terry in Norristown, Pennsylvania. Terry, we appreciate the email. Parker Washington against the Ravens. This is Sunday night. You know, I hope in the championship round you do have better options, but some people may not. What kind of production are you looking at this week for Parker Washington, Joseph Gilliam? Well, Terry, I, I picked up Parker Washington um, last week, uh, and, and I kind of stashed him. I didn't I didn't start him. I stashed him because I thought that he would be coming on. Um, I think, you know, as long as Lawrence is in there, he's got the opportunity to put up some points. But if I had to project him, I'm going to say he's going to get anywhere between 10 and 12 points. Yeah. That's my, proje- that's my projection on uh, Parker Washington now. He, he could, I mean, listen, I mean, um, what's his name? Is it, um, who, who's, who's hurt for them, for Jacksonville, the wide receiver? Oh, Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian Kirk's out. So that's why a lot of people were kind of hedging their bets on, on Parker Washington. Yeah. But but I, I, if you've got a better option, I don't know what your other options are. I might go with, with those other options as opposed to Parker Washington. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I like having Washington on my team for the championship round, but at the same time, not really a fan of starting him in week 15 to lead off the championship round. So hopefully that helps you out. Terry, let's go to Los Angeles. It's Kevin. What's up, Joe? Are you still willing to start James Cook against Dallas on Sunday afternoon? James Cook rolling in. Oh, no, I take that back. They're at Orchard Park. So this is James yeah. Cook at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Obviously, Joseph, it, it, it always comes down to what your other options are. But if you are looking at James Cook, um, are you likely to start him this week? I'm going to say yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Love him. He loves yeah, you, him. You got you got to start James Cook. You have to start James. He's getting all his he's getting all his points mostly from receptions. Um, Dallas has, has got a very stout defense. We know that. Um, but it, it seems like when Buffalo relies more on that running game, and they and and uh, Josh Allen throws more to the, the checks downs that they're having. I mean, they had success against uh, Kansas City, right? Last week they beat a good team, um, and, and 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 James Cook had a great game. So no, I'm not. I, I would I would start him with confidence. I don't think there's going to be a problem, even if he hard, can't run between hard, the tackles. He's he's fast. Catch hard, fast brings energy to the team. Uh, you know, he, he's he's looking like the young Austin Eckler. I'm impressed. Oh, wow. Now that's a spicy comp right there. A young Austin Eckler uh, for James Cook. Uh, Joseph only got seven points. So 
Seven point <laughs> right, yeah. eight, yeah. Joseph. Seven point yeah. eight. You know, we gotta take it where we can get it. Right. What a don't rough sell, night for the Chargers. My don't, don't, don't sell them short, uh, for sure. We will never sell short. Joseph Gilliam, uh, who joined us tonight, uh, a guy who has multiple teams in the Fantasy Pros Championship, championship Round, the FFPC Main uh, Event Championship Round, the KFFSC Championship Round as well. Could be a banner year uh, for Joseph. And if you'd like to support him, go on Amazon.com, buy Nevada Falls Red, buy Nevada Falls Black, they make great stocking stuffers. Amazon.com is where to pick up his books. Joseph, good luck to you uh, the rest of the way. Uh, certainly appreciate you uh, carving some time out this holiday season. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season the rest of the way. We'll see you in the draft rooms next year. Good luck the rest of this season, my friend. Hey, thanks Merry for having Christmas, me. I appreciate Joseph. it. Happy holidays, and hope to talk to you guys soon. You got it. That's Joseph. Well, Gilliam. Joseph gave me a Christmas present today when he What's announced that? that he would be appearing. At the KFFSC Super Sunday Sweet Sixteen, he's going Beautiful. to be there in person. Oh, that's it's, awesome! It's a fan. It's a fantastic thing. You know, Balky, I wanted to talk about the Christmas present that you gave everybody. Uh, <laughs> What's that? August, uh, Jaden Reed. Yeah. You know, you were on that four touchdowns over the last five games. Uh, Trevor Holt and I put him on uh, uh, one of our teams, while well, our only team that's uh, playing in the FFPC championship round. And uh, we, we should have listened to you more often. We should have put him in the lineup. But, to, you know, that's one that you gave. Uh, that's one that you gave everybody. It was his pretty heady pick. I appreciate well, it. While I appreciate the, the comments uh, and the compliments on this, I will say that the leagues I did draft Jaden Reed in, which were a few, I mean, more than a few I drafted him in, I will say that I did not expect him to be as involved in the game plan as he has been for the Packers mm -hmm. this year. Some of it's been out of necessity, um, you know, with Christian Watson being hurt. And we have seen this season um, that um, Jaden Reed has been utilized much in the same way Christian Watson was utilized in his rookie year last yeah. season. And with Watson dinged up, he's probably not going to play this week. In fact, Farrell will end the show with this email here uh, from, um, let's see, Joe in Albany, Georgia. Because of Christian Watson, is Romeo Dobbs the right play over Brandon Cooks? So I would start Jaden Reed slam dunk over Brandon Cooks. But if I have to make the choice between Dobbs or Cooks, it gets a little bit more interesting. Watson is not playing on Sunday. I cannot believe he'll play on Sunday. It's going to be the Jaden Reed show, Romeo Dobbs, Tucker Craft, um, and all, all three of those players are going to be the main pass catchers. And yet we're still talking about the Packers being three and a half point favorites. I'll be seeing that game in person too, with my son, very excited to go up to that game as well. At, two at, weeks in a row, Balky. Good two job. weeks in a row. And I was at the Bucks game on Wednesday night. I clearly have not been working at all. It's just gallivanting around the state of Wisconsin, taking in pro sports games. Farrell, good being you, bulky. Yeah, it is good being bulky. Where would you stand on Brandon Cook's? At Buffalo or Romeo Dobbs at home against the Buccaneers? Can you quickly check if there's any new injury report on Dobbs? I can, and I can tell you just off the top of my head that he was not listed on the injury report, the final injury report of okay. the week this week. Um, Christian Watson listed as doubtful. Reed, I believe, is questionable, but I think he's going to go. Um, I'm going to go Cooks. Uh, and, and, yeah – it, but it, it's it's very, very close. And that's a good decision to have. I don't think you can make a mistake playing either player. For what it's worth, and I know we just use this as a tiebreaker. We don't use it as a guide. The total on that Packers game is 42 and a half. The total on that Cowboys game is 50. 
So there could be more points scored in that Cowboys-Bills game. Maybe Brandon Cooks is a little bit more attractive in that game. For what it's worth when it comes down to it, for me personally, I am probably leaning towards Brandon Cooks, but it's one of those things, and I say this all the time, I'm saying this here at 11 o'clock Eastern time on a Friday night. You ask me 11 o'clock a.m. tomorrow, I might say Romeo Dobbs. But right now, I'm sticking with Cooks. Uh, That will complete our show tonight. Farrell, so good to talk with you again. We'll do this again next week. Um, until then, we will all continue checking out the KFFSC and registering and getting out for the Super Sunday extravaganza at Caesar Southern Indiana on Super Bowl Sunday this coming. Well, what are we away from? Like two months, less than two months away from that. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be the best, Paul. It'll be great having you there. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, from the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC, uh, at KFC, a KFFSC official on the X machine. We will be back next Friday at 10 o'clock Eastern time for our next show tonight. I want to thank Joseph Gilliam, Farrell Elliott, the FFPC, Rob Bryson, of course, each and every one of you, in case you missed it on Tuesday's road of his high stakes lowdown, we had six figure plus winner Bip lab Mandela on the show returns this Tuesday at 10 o'clock Eastern. If you want to go back and watch that, check out the YouTube channel. It is listed on there. You can download it on demand or on the road of his podcast rotation as well. You can check out the high stakes fantasy football show on the better sports network on any of the FFPC social media channels with best bell fantasy and player profilers, Bradley Stalder. We went live for two hours leading into the Thursday night game last night. A lot of fun with him. Uh, this coming Thursday, we'll be live again, seven o'clock uh, with fantasy pros, Pat, Pat, Fitz, uh, Pat Fitzmorris will host uh, with me for two hours. It's going to be a lot of fun. MYFFPC.com is where you want to go to play the FFPC weekly challenge. No draft or salary cap. Just choose the 10 players or 12 players. If you want to play with kickers and defenses by 1 PM on Sunday, watch them ride throughout the weekend's game. Only one player per team. $35 or $200 to enter. You can win up to $2,500 as well. Don't forget, you can start getting your teams entered for the FFPC playoff challenges. There's two great contests, same awesome format. There's no draft or salary cap there. Just choose the 12 players you want to ride throughout the postseason uh, for the remainder for the playoffs. Like you don't get to switch this every week. It is one lineup all the way through uh, the Super Bowl, if I can say that, or the big game. We'll say that uh, to cover me legally. Um, and you can win up to $500,000 if you want to play at the $200 entry fee level. If you want to enter for $35, bucks, you are still eligible to win a $100,000 grand prize. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, share, and get notified every time we go live on this FFPC YouTube channel, which will once again be Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Central. Your weekend officially starts now. <laughs>This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I have to remind everybody one last time, set your lineups either tonight or tomorrow morning. We have a 1 p.m. kickoff of the Minnesota Vikings and Cincinnati Bengals tomorrow. Uh, Then following that at uh, 4.30 Eastern time, Steelers and Colts are in action. And then we get the nightcap at 8.15, Denver and Detroit. This is one of those rare times, week 15, we get six teams in action on Saturday All of them have winning records. Massive playoff implications for all these teams. Vikings and Bengals both 7-6. and Steelers.
Steelers and Colts both seven and six. And then, of course, that final game of the night, Broncos seven and six, Denver nine and four. Going to be a great day of Saturday football. Can't wait to take it in. Can't wait to do this show again for you next week. Thanks so much for watching and listening, everybody. We'll talk with you again 10 p.m. on Tuesday night for the Road of His High Stakes Lowdown. This show will go live again at 10 o'clock on Friday night. Good luck in week 15. May the ball bounce your way.